When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Mother, Mother Ocean, I've heard you call, wanted to sail upon your waters since I was three feet tall, you've seen it all, you've seen it all, watch the man who rode you. Switch from sails to steam And in your belly you hold the treasures you have ever seen Most of them dream Most of them dream Yes, I am a pirate Two hundred years too late There's nothing to plunder I'm an over 40 victim of faith Arriving too late Arriving too late Through the years I've always read or heard about when a celebrity passes away people are all beside themselves and they rush out to buy whatever records videos whoever depending on who or whatever it is and i've just never thought eh that's never gonna hit me because i don't know these people right and when buffett passed away i almost immediately i'm like okay now i know what they were feeling i didn't have to rush out and buy anything or because i already have it all Mm mm-hmm it took me a couple of weeks. I know I reached out to you, I don't know, three or four weeks after he passed away. The first week I was, eh, I got all his YouTube stuff. I can look it up. And then you realize, wait a minute. He really is gone. And I started hearing from friends of mine I haven't seen or heard from in years. And they're like, yeah, whenever I think about Buffett, I always think about you because you took me to a show or you played his music for me. And I was just like, 
I guess he was a little more not he was always important to me I guess though that I exposed more people to him than I actually thought even now I'm still he's got a new album coming out surely how badly can it be or how bad can it be and eventually we're going to come to a point where I'm just going to be like wow there's nothing new He's not actually coming to play live, which he has done every year since mm-hmm. 1970, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, I, I, I understand what people go through when they lose someone who, in theory, they don't know. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson. We are getting off the Bruce train, and we are getting on a slow boat to China. Maybe we're going to look at turning 40. Today, I have a return guest, world traveler, Jack Highland, and we're talking Jimmy Buffett. And I just want to tell you, Jack, we hit before we talk hit record i was telling you this one hit me hard and you shared a little bit about it hitting you too so anyway welcome to the podcast my friend thank you very much jesse thanks for having me back yeah tell us a little about yourself and then we're going to get to our jimmy talk i grew up on the east coast of the u.s just south of washington dc i am currently living in london my wife's job took us here we've been here a little over a year and a half after living in Africa parts of four years. We would have been there all of four years, but COVID sent us back home to the U.S. So, yeah, we've been around a lot. Spent most of my life on the East Coast. We have a now 27-year-old son. Somehow he turned 27. I don't know how that happened. And he lives in our house back home in, in Virginia. And we are just doing our thing. Yeah. I know when you were on here before, we talked about, you explored about because of your lovely bride having to get in spending time in a different country and the adventure of that. That's interesting, right? That COVID ended up bringing you home, which that happened to a lot of us, not to your degree, right? Like we were in the office and went home. You actually sure. in another country yeah. and went home. Yeah. And I can only imagine how tough that was trying to travel in the middle of all that, right? It was really difficult because we typically would fly from Dulles Airport in Northern Virginia to uh, Lisbon, Portugal. Yeah. And we would have to have a negative COVID test no more than, I forget what it was, 24 hours or 36 hours old. And for instance, one time we got to the airport and there are boarding us on the plane and my wife was in front of me she shows her COVID test she gets through I show mine they won't accept it and I was like why won't why is mine not acceptable and the lady said because it's in English 
And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I said, my wife just got by. Hers is in English as well. And the lady who stopped me said, obviously, this man, i.e. the guy who took her COVID test, wasn't at the meeting this morning. I was. And I'm like, okay, this is absurd. And she said, I'm going to go get my manager. So she goes and gets the manager. Meanwhile, there's 150 people behind me getting aggravated. And her manager comes out and she just said, of course, you can take this test whether it's in English or not. And I, and just little things like that, that make things more difficult than they have to be. And then we would get to the airport in Luanda, which is the capital of Angola, where we lived. And Angola is, I'm not, calling it a third world country would be a compliment. Okay. We would have to come to the airport with a negative test and then take another test while we were in the airport. And that had to be negative before they would let us go through. And in the grand scheme of things, it's probably not the worst thing to know you're negative, but it was just like, oh, my God. And, of course, you have to wear masks everywhere while on the plane. And to fly from Virginia to Portugal and then have a whatever layover, whether it's four or five, six hours, whatever, and then another flight to Angola, which is a nine-hour flight, to wear a mask for basically 24 hours was just aggravating. I always thought when people were like, I don't want to wear a mask. It's wait a minute. We're not asking to walk around with a 30 pound boulder in a backpack. Exactly. You're you're wearing a mask. Not that big a deal, but it was just little things like that made it go, Oh man, this is just really harder than it has to be. And there would be times where we'd go around Angola and I would just forget to have my vaccination card or something. And I couldn't get into a restaurant and I'd be like, Oh man, silly things like that. So yes, it was difficult, but it was difficult for everybody. Yeah, And we all got through it and it's over as far as it has been. A couple of weeks ago, I was really sick. My wife, you need to take a COVID test. And I didn't even think about it. I was like, really? And I was negative, but it's still out there. We still have to be careful. But yeah, yeah as far as I'm concerned, it was a hassle, but come on, it wasn't that difficult. Yeah, yeah I agree. And I, I wore the mask and Texas was very quick because we're Texas to kind sure. of put people not wearing the masks. And I still had a coworker who just recently left who kept wearing a mask all the time. And I never gave her a hard time about it. I was like, Hey, if no. that makes you feel comfortable, go for it. Yeah. I, that's one thing I never understood why anybody gave somebody else a hard time. I, I, that just was unfathomable to me. Yeah, me too. And, and I regretted though. i since I saw Dallas, I saw John, I saw Bruce yep. on Friday night in Houston, Friday night in Dallas, Tuesday night in Houston, Thursday in Austin, Friday night, I was feeling crap, Saturday morning, took a test, and I was positive with COVID, right? Oh, no. And so I missed Tulsa, and I okay. was thinking maybe I should have wore a mask, right? (laughs) Yeah. But my hope is that this latest round works. I am working to get my next shot. uh, And so we'll go from there. I am glad you, I'm glad you made it through that. And I'm sure you're enjoying your time in London. London is a blast. My wife and I kick around and my, today is actually my wife's 53rd birthday. And we kick around would we enjoy it more if we were in our 30s? I turned 60 a couple of weeks, uh, a couple in, in the middle of August. Yeah. And we went out last night for a beer and some dinner, and we were home by, literally home by 7 o'clock. 
the downside of London for me is, and this is minor, is being a avid sports fan. I basically won't be able to watch any of the World Series. I was able to watch a couple of the playoff games because there were so many of them at the beginning, first couple of rounds that they started relatively early. Yeah. I can't watch any baseball, really. And tonight my wife and I are excited because the Alabama football game comes on at 5 o'clock local time here. So we're going to watch that. But that's pretty much the only hang-up. It's, obviously, it's a major city, so there's always something to do. The weather, for the most part, is always great. It's Today's actually the first cold day we've had in a while. It was I got up this morning, and it was low 40s. And it's in the summer, it's never hot. There's a couple of days where it's close to 100, but very rarely more than one or two of them. And of course, the whole country is paralyzed because there's no central air conditioning almost anywhere, no dwellings. There's a couple of businesses, yeah. a couple of pubs have it, but you go to a, like a grocery store, they don't have it. You go to a retail store, they don't have it. Yeah. So they panic, but there's no downside to living here if That's you can great. afford to live here. Yeah, I, I have a... One of my buddies that I met through the podcast, and we've ended up being pretty strong online friends, Mark Dembski, sure. is a Dallas Cowboy fanatic. And it's a great story of how this UK kid ended up falling in love with the Dallas Cowboys. And he yeah. talks about that, like a, the Sunday night games, he just doesn't even try. You know, right. he just... He sets his alarm in the morning and then watches it in, in the morning. Now he says for playoffs, he makes the he makes uh, the sacrifice of if it's three in the morning, it's three in the morning. Yeah, I can't do it. Yeah, I uh, yeah I am as a Texas Ranger fan. I'm very excited that we are we've made it to the Final Four. We're playing Houston, our yep. state rival. Yeah, that it's yeah, it's going to be really tough. But as my son says, in his cockiness, they got to worry about us, Dad. And I'm like, there yeah, that's go. a good point. There you go. All right, hey, Rangers have a they have a great manager, so you always got that for you. Yeah, we do. In fact, we took. Well, we'll get to music in a minute, but yeah, I was like, that's these are both really good managers. They're both really good teams. Yeah. They, this should be a really yep. good series. And most people are predicting it to go to seven. And then about two thirds of the people are saying Astros in seven. And I think if you're the reigning champs, you should get that. And then, but a few people are like, yeah, Texas in seven. So we'll see. I'm excited. I, we have, all, I have it on the calendar, everything like we're all set and we're ready. Good. I'm a Red Sox guy, and yeah. obviously I'd like to see them do well, but I like when they're the times are not in the playoffs. I'm like, I can just sit back and enjoy them. Yeah. You know, uh, like, I don't have the pressure of my team being in them, so I can just – I'm rooting yeah. for the Rangers because I love Bochi. I'm rooting for the Phillies because I love Bryce Harper. Um, yeah, but, and Bochi so, is such a good guy. Yeah. I just – I mean, he just – he just seems to be just – everything you want in a manager right sure and he has that deep voice the, uh -huh. the, the local sports guys say he's listening to him is like when you pull up someone like with a souped up car or yeah, a yeah, yeah, yeah. and you, if your car is shaking because it's next to him so yeah yep. i i am looking forward to it a lot and i just saw a great article about chastising the red sox letting evaldi go like, just, oh, sure. look, see, th 
this is why. Look what he has done for the Texas Rangers. This is what were you guys thinking, right? Uh, same thing when they let Mookie Betts go. It's like, really? Yeah. yeah. Or they traded him, Robert. Yeah. All right. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. I always like to, we've already, you've been on once before, so I'm going to skip the origin story, but I am okay. going to ask you the question. Can you remember when you first heard Jimmy Buffett and what about his music spoke to you, Jack? I honestly don't remember the first time I heard him. I remember going across the street from where I lived. My mm -hmm. parents had these friends and I was in their living room and I saw the albums Changes in Attitude and the album You Had to Be There, which was Buffett's live album. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, oh, okay, that's interesting. My, my parents have friends who like Jimmy Buffett. And I didn't, was, even then, I think I knew that Jimmy Buffett was, he wasn't middle of the road. I, he had a big personality. He had the song why don't we get drunk which i think i was probably aware of even though i didn't know i was aware of it 
Yeah. And it was right around the time Margaritaville came out. And as much as I love the song Margaritaville, the first time I heard it, I probably wasn't like, oh my God, what a great song. Yeah. Uh, so I don't remember the first time I heard him. What, one of the things I do remember, my first job when I was in high school, I had a friend whose father was the vice president of a lumber company. So his, my friend got me the job up there and we had to drive every day about, gosh, an hour to get there. And most of the guys who worked there, I soon found out they were really heavy into drinking and drugs. And I just, I remember when Bon Scott died, they were all broken hearted. They'd all had tickets to see ACDC in concert and he died and you know, they were just all crushed. And I just thought, wow, these guys aren't, they're not the guys going to see Jimmy Buffett in concert. But I remember one day a guy was in his car and he called me over to his car and he said, this is the best of Jimmy Buffett. And a so the song on the radio was Come Monday. And I just remember thinking that song alone should give him all the credibility credibility that he ever needs. I, I just, to this day, I think it's just an incredible, fantastic song. And I thought, okay, this one guy gets it at least. And that's when I realized there's something to this Buffett guy. He has his silly songs or whatever you want to call them. But there's really a lot to him that is serious and meaningful and deep. And I honestly, I always felt sorry for people who just didn't get Buffett or didn't like him. I'm just like, okay, you guys, you're never going to understand what you're missing. So I was really fortunate, I think, that at a young age, I was exposed to him and I became a big fan of his. So like everyone else, I remember hearing Margaretville, I can't sure. talk this morning, on the radio. I graduated high school in 77, so okay. this was on that. <laughs> but I remember, I remember the first time I heard Come Monday, and there was something about that song that really touched me. Uh -huh. and, and I am a sucker for the Carol King so far away. Yep. Jackson Brown's loadout. Oh my God. So, yeah. I there is something to me about a song, and I know it's easy to be, oh yeah, you're you're touring and thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people are cheering for you. How tough is that job? There is that I I don't know if you and your job has ever had to make a presentation at work, but if you're making a presentation or leading a meeting, by the end of, of the three or four hour meeting, I'm exhausted, right? Because sure. you're on stage and you're trying to engage people. So you can imagine, I just always do that. I loved that song. Yeah. And, and so slowly started picking up songs. Right after he passed, I, I did a quick gestatorial that told the story that we had tickets when Linda was pregnant. So this must have been about 88. Okay. And she was too sick. She just didn't feel like going. And so yeah. we didn't go. And then every year, oh, we need to see Jimmy this year. And then it would be, well, this is, we're broke. Or 
this is a weird time or we just never got around to it. And then when I heard he passed, I went, I've never seen him live. And now yeah. I never will be able to. Sure. And there was such a sadness. Yeah. Coconut Telegraph would be my favorite release of his. I wow. just love that. I, I had that CD and or sure. it was probably a cassette. And I just, I love my job. I wish you were here. The weather is beautiful. Yep. Um, Little Miss Magic. It just. Sure. It, and I, it just, but it is hard to hear a bad Jimmy Buffett song. Yeah. 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 So Coconut Telegraph came out. I graduated high school in 81. Yeah. Coconut Telegraph came out. I just looked it up earlier today. I knew it was roughly the springtime of my senior year of high school, but it came out in February of 81. Yeah. The first time I heard it, I remember there was a rock and roll radio station that came out of Washington, D.C., and it was W.A.V.A. And at this time, at 11 o'clock at night, they were they would play an entire album and they announced that they were playing Coconut Telegraph. And I thought, that's weird. They don't ever play Buffett. I mean, they were more like ACDC and Zeppelin and that heavier stuff. So I remember recording it and then. I read, I probably waited three or four days before I listened to it. And I'm like, oh, wait, I, I recorded that. And it seems so strange now to even talk about it. I recorded it, but then I, it sat around for three or four days because I forgot about it. Now when you can just pull something up in eight seconds. Yeah. And I remember listening to it going, wow, Buffett got old. He doesn't, he's not really singing about partying anymore. And then I was doing the math earlier today. I'm like, wait a minute. He was 34 years old when he recorded that album. And and then you look and go, The Weather Is Here is a bit of a party song. Coconut Telegraph's a bit of a party song. But you're right. It's a great album. And that was the very first Buffett album I bought new. I bought Volcano while it was out, but I didn't buy it brand new. So yeah. Coconut Telegraph was the first new Buffett album I bought. So that's a very important one to me as well. Yeah, I have the, I have the same feeling about springsteen's devils and dust and the reason uh -huh. why is i saw him for the first time live in 2002 okay. and so devils and dust was the first album that came out after i had seen him live and right. it was the first show i went to where i had done my homework okay. i had listened to that album on repeat okay and when i go see him if he plays any song off this release, I'm going to know what it is. So that I certainly would not rank Devils and Dust even in my top 10 of sure. favorite Springsteen albums, but it has a special yes. place and heart for that. Sure. Um, all right. So it, I want to get into, because I know you said you've brought a lot of people to Jimmy, mm -hmm. but I have to do the same thing that other people say, right? I say this every time. The amount of times you've seen someone perform live is not a fair barometer of how big of a fan you are. But do right. you, have you counted the amount of times you've seen him? I've lost count. Okay. In fact, I was looking up on Buffett News today, which is a website that I used to I used to go on their message boards quite often. I don't anymore because I've lost my password to okay. whatever name I had. But I was looking today, and for some reason, under number of concerts attended, I had 108. 
And I don't remember how I arrived at 108, but I know I've seen them well over 100 times. Okay. But it's like you with never seeing them. My wife and I stopped seeing them. In fact, this is perfect a perfect circle. The last time we saw him was in Paris in 2012. The last song he did that I saw him do was he went to Paris. And we just stopped seeing him because we just thought, oh, it's always the same show. We're not getting any younger. And I specifically remember walking around the parking lot before one of his shows, looking around going, wow, there's nobody partying. There's nobody drinking. And then I realized I'm not drinking either. Yeah. <laughs> so we hadn't seen him for a long time, but I kept telling my wife, I said, you know what? I want to see him one more time. I have to see him one more time. And I have a friend of mine back home and we can get into how he and I became friends. And he would text me here and there and say, Hey, I got tickets to Buffett or Hey, Buffett's shows postponed. I hope he's okay. And I always told him, you know what? I'm going to go see him one more time. And obviously I'm not going to go see him one more time. So it's funny. Even the amount of times I've seen him, I feel like I needed to see him one more time. Yeah. And I've heard, um, I've heard some of the songs on bubbles up and other things that I just, I think he was always, I think a better songwriter than people gave him credit for. Sure. The perception is that this is fun party being rock. But right. I know that there's plenty of songs that really resonate with me and share sure. what I'm feeling. Let's talk a little bit about some of the friendships you made through his music. Okay. My older brother, who's two years older than me, he went away to college in the fall of 1979. Went to a small Catholic college in Maryland. And at some point during the fall... I went up to visit him, and I think my other brother was with me with a couple of friends of ours. Okay. And I was 16. Okay. And as a 16-year-old is wont to do, we got we sat around drinking and carrying on. And yeah, I'll never forget, and I may have talked about this the last time I was with you or the first time. We got to the college, and we go to my brother's dorm, and – there's a bunch of guys, they're painting the hallways of the dorm, painting the walls, and they're all wearing T-shirts and ties. And I thought, man, this college life, this is different than I thought. And they were playing Buffett. And again, this is 79, so I'm thinking they'll be Foreigner or yeah. uh, who in a bad company. or. But these guys, they're playing Buffett. And I'm like, okay, I can get behind this. And... Two guys in particular, one of my brother's buddies at the time was a guy named John Lynch, who to this day goes by Juan. Okay. And he and I have kept in touch through the years. And there was a good period of time where I'd known him for probably 20 years. And the only time I'd ever seen him was at a Buffett show. Yeah. Because he lived two or three hours away and life just gets in the way. But uh, since... In the last handful of years, we've gotten together to play golf in Northern Virginia. So we still pal around. And he, to this day, he would text me at least once a week. Just a kind of out of the blue. 
it would say the Buffett Buffet, meaning the Buffett Buffet was on Radio Margaritaville, which is just an hour of Buffett's music. Yeah. And he did this. He does it all the time. And if we wanted to text about something serious, we would do that. A handful of years ago, his mom passed away and I drove up to Maryland for the viewing, which was in the middle of COVID. So it was weird that we really couldn't be around each other. But he'd been such a good friend of mine for so long that I was like, you know what, I have to do this. And in fact, so Buffett died the Friday of Labor Day, which is also fitting because of obviously come Monday. Yeah. So the morning of Labor Day, that Friday, I woke I texted him and granted, I'm five hours ahead of him, but I texted him and I just said to him in the text, I woke up this morning with my hush puppies on, which of course is part of the Buffett song. Right. And then he passed away that day. And I just thought, okay, that's weird. Yeah. Uh, but when I lived in, I moved to New York, let's go back a little bit. Even we used to basically see him every year. He would play Meriwether Post Pavilion in Columbia, Maryland, which is where my friend Juan lived at that point, And he lives right around there now. And that was an indoor outdoor venue had a, as the name, mm -hmm. a pavilion, which probably held, I don't know, three, four or 5,000. And then there was a big lawn that held another five or 10,000, whatever it was. And we saw Buffett there for the first time in, in July of 80. And I was 16 years old. And I remember that show. One of the things I remember that show about that show was that Margaritaville was played somewhere in the middle of the set. And it was just like another song. It wasn't that big a deal. Right. And it, my memory of it is that Buffett was just up there. He was wearing blue jeans. He was wearing just a typical, like, button-down shirt. There was none of the parrot head stuff. And he was still more of a country guy than a pop right. or a... And I remember we had, like, 12th row seats. And that's it just pointing out how easy it was to get tickets for a Buffett show back then. But every year, we just started going back. And I remember at one point in the early 80s thinking, God, I hope Buffett just tours every year. And once we did... And I yeah. remember typically what we would do, we would go up to where the lawn and we would just stand on the back of the lawn in the far back right corner, if you're looking at the stage. And we didn't even have to tell anybody. Everybody just knew that's where we were. And at any given time, there'd be 15 or 20 friends that were just there every Buffett show. And I do remember in the mid 80s at one point looking around and going, where did all these people come from? And it was just a thing that the Buffett concerts were the thing to do then. And I was just happy to be a part of it. And then I moved to New York in 85. And Buffett played, there's a place on Long Island called Jones Beach. And it was another kind of amphitheater type thing. And the stage is actually in Long Island Sound. Mm -hmm. So I thought, what a perfect place to see Jimmy Buffett. And so I would yeah. go see him there and still make it down to Columbia, Maryland every year. So that's how I got to see him three and four and five times a year. And he would do some of the colleges in Virginia. We'd go see him there. We'd go see him in North Carolina, uh, South Carolina. Just any chance we had to see him, we would see him. Yeah. Do Are there, with that many shows, are there a couple that stand out? Are there moments that stand out, Jake? <laughs> there are shows that stand out and there are experiences that stand out one of the shows that stands out 
it was December of 1989. It was at the Beacon Theater in New York City, and it was just Buffett and Mac McAnally, his guitar player, his longtime guitar player. Okay. And Mac McAnally wrote, he first became Ben Buffett's orbit. He wrote the song, It's My Job, which again, on Coconut Telegraph, great song. Yeah, what, and, one of my favorite songs. In fact, I saw recently someone after he passed, and I it might be this guy who wrote it, but he did a version of that. I saw it on YouTube. He okay. says, like, this is the perfect song to remember my friend Jimmy, and he played that. Sure. And I sure. was, oh, I, yeah, I was, yeah, yeah. yes. Yeah, so it was just Jimmy Buffett and Mac McAnally, and okay. – the stage was set up like a living room and there was a TV in the background and on the television were reruns of I Love Lucy, which again, of course, if you know anything about Buffett, that's perfect. Yeah. And I remember at one point in the show, Buffett called up, he was acting like he was calling up a pizza place saying, hey, I'm Jimmy Buffett. I'm playing at the Beacon Theater. I want to order, I forget how many pizzas. And they hung up on him. Yeah. So he calls back, says, no, this really is Jimmy Buffett. I want to order blah, 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 how many pizzas. Have them delivered to the Beacon Theater. Hang up again. And then at one point during the show, there's a knock on the stage door. Okay, this is odd. And Buffett goes to the stage, opens the door, and it's Ed Bradley from 60 Minutes. And he's got 10 pizzas with him. (laughs) And Buffett just starts grabbing the boxes of pizza and throwing them into the audience. And I just thought, that's actually cool. That and Ed Bradley came cool. up, and I, I think he did background for one of the songs or whatever, but I was like, that's neat. Yeah. But then there's another show, and this would have been I, – I have to get this date right. June 13, 1995. My wife and I eloped that day in Fredericksburg, in Virginia, where we lived, and we drove up to see Buffett in Columbia, Maryland, and then we saw him the night after that as well. Buffett, actually, we always tell people Buffett played our wedding night. I love Um, that story. That is greatness. Yeah. 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 And that's how much he's meant to us. Things like that. Shortly thereafter, about, let's see, it would have been about six months after we moved to Key West. Okay. I had had a friend of mine, a friend of mine named Dan Brown, who had moved to Key West a couple years earlier, and he started running a bar down there, a place called the Half Shell Raw Bar, which is a really popular still open to this day uh bar restaurant and he would tell me he's look because i would talk about coming down there he's look i can't get you a job here he's because i was tending a bar at that point he's like bartenders just don't ever leave here so it's not like i'll ever have an opening so i just remember living through the winter of it would have been 95 96 and i was just so tired of the cold so tired of the snow and I was talking to my wife. I don't think she had ever been down there yet. And finally, she was like, all right, if you want to do it, we'll go. So we pack up our meager little belongings, get a U-Haul, drive on down there. Mind you, no job, no place to live. And she's five months pregnant, six months pregnant. Wow. Not our best plan. But we get down there. And we're staying with my friend Dan and his wife. And we go look for a place to live. And we're talking to a realtor and they were like, you're not going to, we're not going to let you live in a place if you can't show that you have a job. Okay. 
So I called my friend Dan and I was like, hey, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to tell these guys that you hired me. Because at that point, we, we'd save up enough money to buy, to pay for, yeah. I don't know, three or four months rent. We could have handled yeah. it. And he's, I actually have something for you. One of my bartenders had a bar in, I can't remember whether it was Nantucket or Martha's Vineyard, and there was a water leak or something. So the guy had to leave. So he literally hired me that day. And oh, I started funny. attending bar there. And then I started working in the kitchen, just doing whatever I could to work because my wife yeah. obviously could not work. So we were there for three or four months. And then our son was born. And shortly thereafter, Karen was like, I, I just don't want to be here anymore. And we got to the point where there was no real job for her and she couldn't work anyway because the baby was young. So I didn't want to leave, but finally I was like, all right, let's get out of here. And she's, I'll tell you what, let's go to Charleston. She had started college in Charleston and she's, I just got a little bit more. I'll finish up college. We'll stay there and then we'll go from there. So we moved to Charleston, South Carolina, which if you can't be in Key West, Charleston's probably the second best place to be. I, I was going to say, fabulous. yeah, I, I was going to say that doesn't sound like a bad plan B. <laughs> no. So we lived there for three years. She finished college and then she got into graduate school in Southern California. Okay, let's go to Southern California. And she was going to school there and working as well. She was working for a news channel. She worked for a news station while she was in college, got a job in Southern California. I could not find a job for the life of me. So we just thought, all right, I think we need to go back home to Virginia. So we did. And I left in December of 99. And she stayed about a week later. And she actually got to see Jimmy the night of the millennium. So she saw him December 31st of 99 into wow. 2000. And I thought, that's cool to know that's where you were. She, he played the universe one of the movie lots in in southern california i can't remember which one yeah. but she got to see him there oh but while we were in charleston she as i said she was working for a news channel and buffett opened up a margaritaville store in charleston there was no bar there but there was a store and the people from the news station were going to go down to interview them and she was going with them and on the way down they were like they knew that she was a big buffett fan so they're like we're going to let you interview Jimmy. Wow. And she's like, wait. So she got to interview him. Somewhere we have it on video back home in Virginia. And we were thinking about it after you passed away. We're like, oh, we got to dig that up. Oh, absolutely. But she got to interview him. I would not have been able to interview him because I would have been a babbling idiot. But she did a, a good job. And yeah, he's just always been a part of our lives. Unfortunately, our son never really got the Buffett bug. We took him to see him one time and he just was, eh. But he's always got that Key West thing in his back pocket. And uh, yeah, it's... That's... Yeah, I, I love that. Did... The... Uh, I, those are great moments. I, I love that. You... Any other story? Let's talk about music. Uh, okay. We've talked about Coconut Telegraph. Talk about other albums or songs that have a special place in your heart. And tell the stories why. Because you're as always, a great storyteller. <laughs> well, thank you. So one of the things about Buffett is that there's songs for 
almost any kind of mood or circumstance or way you feel. I think looking back on it, I think one of the things I, I've always loved about Margaritaville is that ultimately at the end of the song, after all that the writer has been through, he takes responsibility when he says, you know what, it's my own damn fault. Yes. And I think I've just always liked that about him. I always liked about with the massive exception of why don't we get drunk? All his so-called love songs are about being in love or lost love, yeah. not the act of love, which I just don't have any interest in hearing on the radio, but yeah, his were all just more romantic than anything else. And they were always grown up. Yeah. And there's songs like the ones that if everybody knows Buffett songs, they'll know a pirate looks at 40 or, right. you know, come Monday or he went to Paris yeah, or volcano and fins. And they're all great songs, but there's just so many beyond that, that people just don't know. And there's, Songs like I, I wrote some of them down. Let me see where I wrote them. Sure. Because I knew I just. Absolutely. Oh gosh, I don't even know where I put them. Oh, I got a story. Like I had this friend who, when we opened up a bar in Virginia in 1994, and we had a old Wurlitzer type jukebox, and we had at the time only 50 CDs on it, and one of them okay. was a Buffett CD, and. One of the songs on it was Lovely Cruise. And I noticed whenever that song came on, this friend of mine would always rush to take a sip of beer. Yeah. And after noticing doing that four or five times, I, I was like, what is that all about? And he said to me, he had a friend he went to college with. And one day, one of them said, drink up. And the other guy said, this one's for you. It's been a lovely cruise. And he said he made a pact with his buddy that whenever they heard that song, they would think of each other and take a sip of beer. And I just thought, that's just really cool. So that is just another part of the whole Buffett lore of when I think about Buffett, I think about friends like that. And he went to many concerts with me through the years. We took his then girlfriend, now wife, to her first show. And it was just, they were hooked on him as well. Um, but let's see, what did I write down? So I, I've come to this conclusion in my mind, and it's not necessarily about Buffett, but an artist can have a best song and a greatest song, and they're not necessarily like the same. Like, for instance, with Bruce, I think we can pretty much agree that his greatest song is Born to Run. Right. But I would probably argue that his best song is either Thunder Road or Jungle Land or Promised Land. You could go all day, but I think his yes. greatest is probably Born to Run. With Buffett, I think it's obvious his greatest is Margaritaville. My wife and I have agreed that his best is probably One Particular Harbor. Yeah. But you can throw Come Monday in there. And then there's a relatively unknown one that I absolutely love called quietly making noise that I would put up there. But 
if you ask me today what my favorite is, I'd probably, I know what I would tell you, but if you ask me tomorrow, I might tell you something else. The one I have, my favorite today is a song called Here We Are, which yeah. I just feel like the first time I heard that, I'm like, he wrote that for me. It was like, yeah. it's just like a thank you to all his fans. And I just thought, wow, he wrote that for me. And I'm sure as other fans probably think the same thing, but that's the beauty of it. We can all think it's about us. Yeah. I think what's beautiful about that is I have the same thing with Bruce. If someone, yep. what are your favorite songs? And I will say Land of Hope and Dreams, Better Days, and then <laughs> the third changes every day. Absolutely, absolutely, Thunder Road is up there. Absolutely, Born to Run. Absolutely. And a couple of months ago, we had a, I got a bunch of writers. So I ended up getting four or five published writers to actually discuss what was Springsteen's best written song. Okay. Not your favorite song, not your best song, but it, as a writer, what song do you think are the best written? And we, okay. we had a great discussion. A couple automatically made it, like Highway Patrolman. Yeah, that's on the list. That's Shakespearean, right? That's, True. you know, and I think the same thing. Like, I think the weather is here. <laughs> I wish you were beautiful. While funny also is a great story, a story of someone I just am tired of doing what I'm supposed to do. And I'm right. just saying, F it. Yep. F it. This is the bare bones of, and I say this not in a bad way, this is the bare bones of a Hallmark movie, right? Yeah, See, sure. all right, that they're going and he's finding love and, and everyone back home is, oh, they're what they're doing. And you're right. A pirate looks at 40. You hear that. I'm 64. And I have that feeling of all the regrets I've done, but at the same time, I'm still here. Sure. But similar to Springsteen's Western Stars. Yeah. I get up and my boots are still on. And I yeah. love that I've got my hush puppies on. Oh, yeah. in the same feeling. Yep. So one of my favorite stories, and I ended up finding this. There was a 60-minute interview with Jimmy, and he talked about how he got up early now because yes. with the kids and sure. he said and he talked about and i don't know if he ever met bruce or if they ever got to spend any time together i like to think they did but he said i read an article about springsteen making pancakes for his kids and there is that famous story that patty went to him and said you're missing it you're yeah. missing it you know and so what do I do? Learn how to cook breakfast. And he did. And yeah. so Jimmy said, yep, we may have thousands of us screaming on Friday night, but Saturday morning, we're just the guy that makes pancakes to our kids. Yeah. And I just thought that was just, I, I love that. I love that idea. Bruce once said, I'm Bar my kids think I'm, I'm Barney for adults. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Other thoughts. What other should what else should we discuss here? We could discuss just honestly. I, I try to think about it. And aside from my parents. Yeah. 
and my family and perhaps the writer Robert B. Parker, who wrote the Spencer novels. Yeah. Buffett Which, by the way, has, I've yes, absolutely great. Yes. And Buffett has done more to shape my personality than any of the anybody, aside from the the the, the folks I just mentioned. Just from, for instance, the song Incommunicado, again, off of Coconut Telegraph. Yeah. The first two words of the song, he mentions the name Travis McGee. And at the time when the album came out, that didn't mean anything to me. I didn't know who that was or what that was. But shortly thereafter, I was in a bookstore and just walking along and I noticed this paperback book and it just said a Travis McGee novel. And I thought, oh. So I picked it up and I gave it to my older brother. And he read it and he's, oh my God, you got to read this. And I read it and I don't even know how much, how long after I went out and bought three or four more. And then I ended up reading them all. And to this day, I still read, you know, every couple of years, every couple of, every year I'll read a couple of Travis McGee novels. And I remember talking to a friend of mine one time years ago. I said, yeah, I'm rereading whatever Travis McGee novel, he's rereading it. He said, that sounds like a waste of time. And I said to him, no, it's actually like spending time with an old friend. And one of the things Travis McGee was fond of was a gin called Plymouth Gin. Okay. And I remember in the early 80s looking for Plymouth Gin. I thought, I'm going to drink Plymouth Gin like Travis McGee. Fortunately, we couldn't find it anywhere because I hate gin. Okay. But Many years later, we started seeing it here or there, and I'd buy a bottle and still couldn't drink it and just not a fan. This year, right around our anniversary, my wife's, hey, I, I booked us a couple of train tickets to Plymouth, England. And I'm like, what? We specifically went to Plymouth, England, because the Plymouth distillery is there. And we went and had Plymouth gin martinis, and they were the best martinis I've ever had in my life. And so now to this day, we'll go to once in a while, we'll go to a pub in London and have a Plymouth gin martini and think about Travis McGee and think about Jimmy Buffett. So because of Jimmy Buffett, I became an avid fan of Pat Conroy, another author. Um, because of Jimmy Buffett, I moved to Key West. Because of Jimmy Buffett, I... What else has Jimmy Buffett led me to do? Gosh, I don't know. I've written some stuff down, but I can't find it. That's but right. he's just been so important to me for so many reasons. Obviously, we've read all his books. So um, I was going that was exact. Thank you for that transition. I was going to ask you. I have I haven't read all of them, but right. I remember reading the collection of short stories and absolutely love them. Love them. Yep. And one of my favorites is the story and i do this every time i'm buying snacks and i'm a big believer of better to have and not need than to need and not have right the old sure. blue song and what? i think of that short story where jimmy is just going to be out for a couple hours in his sailboat and he has mm -hmm. all this food and water and his yeah. buddy's like what the hell and he tells the story of being stuck out there sometime for an X amount of time when they had nothing. And so he's like, I'm never going to do that again. I love sure. that story. Yeah. Uh, so talk about some of the books and maybe 
for those of us who haven't read, what do you recommend to start with? Um, Obviously all of them, but if we wanted to start. I read them all so long ago that I hardly okay. remember much, but I did love the one he wrote, which was, if I remember correctly, is close to an autobiography, the one A Pirate Looks at 50. Yeah. But then I have another book that he did not write, but it was written about him and great title based on a lyric from one of his songs. The book is just called A Good Life All the Way. And I didn't, at first I was reluctant to read it because I didn't want to get into it and find out that Buffett was a jerk or creepy or, but I remember reading it and going, you know what? I'm glad that I look up to this guy because he just seems to get it. I remember at one point thinking, Jimmy Buffett seems to understand the biggest drug of all is just being Jimmy Buffett. Yeah. What's the point of being Jimmy Buffett in passing out on a bar stool or a, when you can get up and fly yourself wherever you want to go, or you can take your boat wherever you want to take it. It's better to do that when you're sober or not on drugs. And I think yeah. he loved playing up the whole wild druggy personality, but I don't think he's been that for decades yeah, I agree. and I love the fact. I love the fact that even though he had a bit of a separation with his second wife, they were still married for almost fifty years. Right, like, and his yes. three kids, and they're not like these Hollywood drug addict dropouts. They're all pretty productive, seemingly good, decent kids. And I've just always liked that about him. He just has always seemed to know what's important. Yeah. Anything else we should cover? Anything else you um, want to think about? When I uh, initially reached out to you, I was thinking about how I was going to, what I was going to talk about. And what came to me was, as I mentioned earlier, I saw him when I was 16 years old for the first time. In August of this year, I turned 60. Uh, I turned 60 on Friday, August 18th. Yeah. Two Fridays later, he passed away, which means he was a part of my life for 44 years. Yeah. And on the one hand, you're like, oh, it, it doesn't, for, when you say it, it doesn't seem like that big a deal. But when you think about 44 years, yeah, that's incredible. And I remember I came home, I went out early to go running and I came home and my wife and I had this little phrase that we use if there's to prepare ourselves for something sad or difficult, if yeah, something. And I'll say to her or she'll say to me, sad times. And this time she said it twice. And I thought, okay, God forbid something happened to my mom or yeah. a friend. But she said, Jimmy Buffett passed away last night. And I'm just like, all right, whatever. And then I sat down and I thought, wait a minute, what are you talking about? How did we not know he was ill? And I think the first time thing I said to her right after that was, gosh, I wasn't planning on getting drunk today. And we, we decided we went for, a, we walked down to this place. It's called Borough Market, which is this massive kind of outdoor under a train station or train bridge market that sells there's butcher shops, there's restaurants, there's 
anything you can think of. And there's a little, a tiny little Mexican restaurant in there. And we thought, let's go down there. So we went down there, had some tacos for lunch and a couple bottles of Corona. And I'm not much of a Corona drinker, but I thought that's perfect. Yeah. And I was texting friends, getting texts from friends. And about a week later, I was texting with my friend Juan and I said, he was, I said, how are you doing? He's just really having a hard time. And I said to him, it makes no sense, but it makes perfect sense that we're struggling with this. He was just really important and really, obviously to me, worthy of importance. And I remember that morning or that afternoon at some point, I texted my son who, again, he didn't get into the whole Buffett thing, but yeah, I texted him and I said, Jimmy Buffett passed away last night. And his response was, oh my gosh, what happened? And when I told him, he was just like, he's, oh, I hope he didn't suffer. And I hope he's not, I'm glad he's no longer in pain. And then he was like, how are you doing? And then I was like, I'm having a hard time with it. And my son is possibly the sweetest human being on the planet. Yeah. And he was just like, you always have the music and you always have the memories. And that's, that's how you handle it. You always got the music. You always have the memories and that's enough. Yeah. I I think so. Thank you. Yeah. That's, I, I appreciate that. Listeners, if you are not a Jimmy Buffett fan, it is certainly worth some time exploring his catalog. His greatest hits, Songs by Heart, is you is just a really nice greatest hits. I love Coconut Telegraph. There's other songs that are just amazing. There's, what other CDs do you recommend, Jack? Uh, Barometer Soup, which came out in the mid-80s. Mm-hmm. Or no, mid-90s, I'm sorry. In the mid-80s, he had... Last Mango in Paris, and an album called Floor Days, which is great. An album called Hot Water, which is great. But he just, you can get, you, you just can't go wrong if you get any of his albums from 1973 to 94. His album Fruitcakes is fantastic. Yeah. If you really want to go, what's this Jimmy Buffett all about? Get you had to be there, which was his first live album, which came out in 1977 or eight. And it's a good one. So yeah, just, just listen. That's all you have to do. And I think what another thing we didn't even touch on, but when Alan Jackson wanted to do a song about, I'm tired of my job. I'm tired. I want to just get away. And he's talking about it's five o'clock someday. And when he goes, I wonder what Jimmy Buffett would say. And when you hear his voice. Yeah. It is just, it is truly one of the best. Oh my gosh. Moments. And, And you can find that on YouTube where they've done it live. It just is this wonderful moment of, and Jimmy has talked about, right, in his interviews, that got him a whole bunch of new fans that explored that. So I just think 
he is someone who loved life, who, yeah. who loved being there for his family and his fans, yep. and a shrewd damn businessman, which That's is really. also, I think, is hilarious. Sure, sure. So, yeah, I just say absolutely drink. If you're not a drinker, have a non-alcoholic tropical juice. If you are a drinker, Corona, a margarita. And just put on some music. I see Jack's had it in the background this whole episode. And it's just, I think, remember someone and he lived a good life and he loved his fans. He loved his family. And we're going to miss him. Yep. Yeah. All of the above. Yeah. Jack, this was good for me. We've got a lot of stuff going on right now around the world. And it's just nice to think about some beautiful music and we all want to be on the beach someday just enjoying that cool breeze so thank you so much for your time thank you jesse as i'm sitting here i'm looking literally looking at the thames river which is or the river thames as they call it which is about 50 feet away from me and there's just right down the river is a little sailboating school and i'm watching sailboats go up and down and perfect yeah just that perfect. Does so, yes. perfect. All right. So thank you for having me. It's great getting back in touch with you. And uh, let's do it again sometime. I absolutely agree. Yes. We need to, I need to know if you did any brew shows and uh, during this tour, did you not make it? I did any? not. No. Right. And he was playing, a, he literally played a mile from here. And by the time I tried to get tickets, they were just too expensive. All right. Well, hopefully, they were all sold out. And, hopefully next summer you he'll tour again. You'll get to see it and we'll have you on. But we'll figure Absolutely. out another reason to do it. All right. Thank you, my friend. Listeners, Thanks, Jesse, very much. Listeners. Good go. help to you. Thank you. Thank you. Listeners, go listen to some music. Enjoy your time, and we will talk to you soon. Goodbye. Heading out to San Francisco For the Labor Day weekend show I got my hush puppies on I guess I never was meant for glitter rock and roll And honey, I didn't know That I'd be missing you so Come Monday, it'll be alright Come Monday Yes, it's been quite a summer Rent-a cars and westbound trains And now you're off on vacation Something you tried to explain And darling, it's I look so That's the reason I just let you go Come Monday, it'll be alright Come Monday, I'll be holding you tight. I spent four lonely days. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 